Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast, brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I am Jeffrey the Greek. And I am Big Kurt. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Um, I'll, I'll break right into the uh, the Kurt stats that I texted out to okay. a number of our, our, our friends. and So here, here, here is the Kurt stats from yesterday. Uh, Yelps of Joy. 37 bourbons consumed seven sunscreen applied zero yeah i i don't look good right now and i don't sound good right now for those reasons i kind of wonder though once this you know gets into the recording device and spits back out through people's uh speakers with a little bit of bass you you might sound silky smooth right now it's i think it's a little on the raspy side right now more raspy than than silky smooth i i I don't do well in heat so that was rough yesterday (laughs) so so the interesting thing i was just talking to my parents we are uh recording in the down south downstairs athletic club so the uh um uh recording studio at my parents place is basically where we're at The, the dac south the dac south so four hours down friday High school football game Friday night, which was great, which was a very enjoyable game. My nephew played great. A drunk game, crazy <laughs> yeah, drunk, cra- game. crazy drunk game. Not us, the game itself. Yeah. Four hours into Champagne at the Butt Crack on Saturday morning, go to the game. Four hours back, we were uh, we were some beaten down old fools by the time we uh, and, and Doug the Carthaginian, uh, tip of the hat for driving the the vessel all the way back. Uh, on Saturday, it was a long, hot day, but it was a very enjoyable day. Fox did everything they could to drag that baby out as long as they could. It was now. I know there was some special things that happened that are obviously out of Fox's control for that to happen. But man, you can't tell me they weren't milking that thing for all it's worth. Uh, I, I mean, the game took about four hours. It seemed like it was longer than that, but it was four hours approximately. That's too long for a football game. So I re- I set the recording options for the game. It's it's on my DVR when when we get back to uh, uh, Minnesota tonight, and I I did the extra half hour yeah. recording at the end, thinking well if there's a breakdown by the Fox crew after yeah. the game, I don't even know if I got the no. whole game in. No. Um. Honest to God, I'm I mean this with all sincerity. Taking out overtime games, okay. Was that the longest regulation Big Ten game in history? I don't, I'm, I don't know. It could have been. I mean, it's the longest one I felt like. It just felt like it was. And here's the problem is second quarter, I could feel I was getting sunburned. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I am. I am. I can feel it. If you can already feel it, you, it's too late, right? Right. We were there for another three hours. So when four dudes, like we're all, we're all dudes, um, me, you, the Carthaginian, and, and the Carthaginian buddy, um, at one point, I think we all stopped, you know, and said, yeah, maybe I should apply some sunscreen. And I, I, I had that thought as we were closing up the truck to walk in. I'm like, ah, it's too deep into my truck. I'm not even sure if it's there. And about in the middle of the second quarter, we just looked at each other. and were like, God, we're idiots. And I look like a lobster right now. I think <laughs> I see, honestly, I think you look pretty good. Well, you should tweet out the picture from yesterday. <laughs> you should really do that if you because it is bad. <laughs> it is. You look like a red hot lobster, like the lobster that just got pulled out of the boiling yep. water. Um, you warned us. You you re, uh, warned us before the game. You're like, listen, this is the stadium. Memorial Stadium is a big bowl, aluminum, you know, yeah. seating. Um, when it's hot, 
it just absorbs the sun and heat. And yep. boy, you, you nailed that one because it was a scorcher in there. Yeah, the hottest game prior to that one. I think this was the hottest game I've been to, but was USC. And I think that was 1995. USC came to town. Yeah. But anyways, long day, but still a fun day. Obviously not for Nebraska fans. We'll we'll get into that more towards the end of this very short podcast. Um, and really quickly, uh, thanks for everybody that stopped by the Amador and Eyes on Big sponsor tailgate spot. The sign went up. It looked good. It, it, it functioned as we wanted it to. Um, the only tactical thing that, you know, you learn. You learn through your first one. Um, we should have made somehow maybe even a more concerted effort to get there a little bit earlier to have uh, – more time for people to be there before because after the game I mean people were just hot and, yes. wa- and wanted to go home and obviously Nebraska fans probably weren't in a mood to stop by and, and right. be too jovial so you know the ga- the game and the conditions are going to play into the success of those tailgate spots but anyways it was still fun but it was exciting to meet uh, Justin Swanson yep. from the Husker football fan contest or uh, podcast sorry Husker football fan podcast he stopped by before and even stopped by quickly on his way out after the game and said to congratulate me on a good game and because everything. he's a good dude because that's sport. what yeah. good dude that's what good people do yeah so, so thanks yeah. justin for that all right um get into the game let's get into the game man all right so the final score of the game illinois uh 30 nebraska 22 total yards and this is you know a theme 392 total yards for nebraska to 326 for Illinois. The rushing stats, about the same. 160 for Nebraska, 167 for Illinois. So that means the passing stats were quite a bit more for Nebraska. It was 232 to 159. And you're sitting here like, well, how how does this work out? Turnovers, right? Turnovers were even. One and one. Penalties has to be a huge advantage. A little, five for 67 and three for 40. Time of possession very much on Illinois' side. Yeah. Okay, thirty-four, uh, almost thirty-five minutes to twenty-five. Okay, so you're now you're starting to get the story a little bit of how this went down. Okay, but but a deeper look. Okay, like stats lie. Sometimes we say that on the podcast. The penalties were about the same. The turnovers were the exact same, but the timing and the style of the turnovers and the penalties. It was the game. I mean, the backbreaker was that fumble and and pick six, not pick six, the fumble six for fumble Illinois. Six. I mean, that, so Illinois had just given up the ball to Nebraska, and this was shortly before halftime. Nebraska turns it right back over, and C.J. Hart runs it in for a touchdown. That that was huge. That Nebraska was given their opportunity, and they just gave yep. it back to Illinois. Um, uh, Brett Bielma probably botched the quote. Uh, uh, botch the quote but Brett Bielma had a quote before where he said something like you know the best way to win a game is to not lose it um I mean it it rang true um probably something he preached to his team is just playing clean smart football um the like that the other thing along with the fumble six was the interception that was thrown by Arthur Sitkowski right when he came in that was a bit it was his first pass right when I recall it was his first throw pick Nice return, but a roughing the passer yes. and taunting, negating the interception, then giving 30 yards back in the other Correct. direction. That was a debilitating swing of events. For sure. Now, so I think you can point to two things. 
Those were, those were the two events. Those were the two that that probably decided the game. Okay. Now this very easily could fold into the top. We're going to hang to the end of the of the podcast, but we'll we'll start on the Illinois side, okay? Because that's what I feel like should happen more yes, often should. than it. You, you should start with the team that won the game. And I'm going to complain a little bit because we listened to talk radio the whole way home. Ninety percent of the talk was about Nebraska losing, not about Illinois winning. Correct. Then they they would talk about Nebraska losing. And then they'd say, you know what, Illinois did this and did that, and, the, and, a, little and a, a little bit, and yeah, just I would like say, at the very honestly, ninety ten is about perfect. And, and now we're going to go to a commercial break, and then we'll come back and talk about Nebraska more. So I had talked several times in the off season about, you know, will Brett Bielma just be able to, aka, get their poop in a group? Yeah. The Shiano effect, you know, like how much better Rutgers looked from two thousand nineteen to two thousand twenty. Um, I believe we saw that. On Saturday, I mean, I think there's a noticeable difference in clean play and good coaching yesterday, right? right. Versus I, the Lovey era, I, it I, it was noticeable to me. It was noticeable uh, noticeable to me on three things. I'm going to do three things right now that just showed to me that this was a better coach team. Okay, number one, most important to me, when when uh, Peters went out shoulder hope he's okay but that's what it is right now non-throwing shoulder he fell it's on non-throwing it, so. shoulder it seems like he's it's not a season-ending okay. injury he should be back okay. just a matter of how long okay um so but once he, he went out and, and you have not a completely inexperienced quarterback come in but again whenever you got to change a guard like that it, it, it probably uh, 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 spooks a coach a little bit play caller for sure so what did they do? They just leaned on the running attack, and they weren't gashing Nebraska. No, they never gashed them, really. And I'll say this: they weren't getting anywhere early in the game, and they didn't give up on it. And it, they finally started opening holes eventually. Me, you, the Carthaginian, we were saying it yesterday: like Beetle is just getting stubborn and sticking with the run. And then I can't wait to rewatch the game here, which we get to watch in a little bit. They started shuffling the line, moving moving the line a little bit because they were having issues at guard early in the game. Oh, my Lord. They they were cycling through guards. I couldn't even keep track of who's in the game. I mean, I thought Nebraska's defense looked really good. I and did, they too. Were, they were forcing the issue in the running attack. We've seen them do that at times the last year or so. They were doing that at the beginning of the game. I don't know what else to say except the last regime would have – Gave up on the running. Attack. Well, the, the, yeah, the offensive coordinator, previous one, he Rod Smith, he did some good things. He did some bad things. He would have panicked. He would have just given up, just abandoned the run game. Gone. I cannot express that enough on how that was the good coaching technique yeah. from Beetle yesterday. That I just don't think people like I don't know absorbed it or were paying enough attention. It was huge. And I will say I was panicking because yeah. I'm like, if we can't run the ball, this is going to get ugly. Correct. And then all of a sudden. Lane started opening, and and, then, and uh, one thing I'll say is maybe one of the reasons the running game wasn't as good as it normally would have been is Chase Brown was limited in the game. We we didn't know that the fans didn't know that before the game, but but Bert knew that before the game. He said after game he alluded to we knew that Chase wasn't going to be carrying the ball much, but Mike Epstein did an admirable job. He, he uh, admirable well. job, sixteen carries, seventy five yards, and a touchdown for forty uh, four point seven yards average. Uh, if I botch these names, Reggie Love, right? Yeah. 12 carries, 45 yards. Chase Brown still got in there. Five carries, 24. Yeah. Uh, Norwood, three carries, 16 yards. Hayden, four carries, 12 yards. So we've got five yeah. running backs with three uh, carries or more in the game. You want to talk about, and you got on the Husker Cutcast and says, 
they're going to spread out the rushing attack by a bunch of running backs. Yeah. So you nailed that. I, mean, I nailed it, even though they spread it out more than I even, even expected. I didn't expect Norwood to get carries. But he looked way, good, too. He looked insane. pretty good. So um, and then so that's my first one. OK, stick it with the run back to my. OK, sorry. Yeah. And no, no, no. We both got up. And then um, the second one, I know this is small, but towards the end of the game, um, Nebraska was driving that long, long drive at the end of the game. And uh, uh, I can't remember. But I think it was Martinez. He broke out. Got out of bounds, and I, I, I think it might have been Tony Adams. And I don't know who it was, D-back, but tackled Martinez, and he had the chance about a yard or two out of bounds to just whip him down, which would have gotten a late hit. Yep. And what did he not do? Yeah, he did Whip him down. He got – he let him go. That's good coaching. So it was things like that, and then – Three penalties for 40 yards. I don't think that ever happened in the Lovey era. No. Maybe no. once or twice. Okay, that's another one to point out. The third one also involved Tony Adams. His comment after the game, when he said, I, I'm not going to say it exactly, but he said something to the effect of, it sure was nice to show more than two basic coverages to the offense, and we were able to confuse them and really attack. That's the one of the, that I heard yesterday that I, that I forgot to write down. That's the one I said, we got to we gotta mention that. Thank you for mentioning that. That was insane. That was a bomb he dropped on the radio after the game. Uh, you know the GIF, no lies detected? No, no. lies detected there. Hey, right? Lovey, even if you'd asked Lovey last year, what, what do you do? I just run cover two. Yeah. Why is that? Because we, we haven't had enough time to install the other – the other shells the, the, really yeah five years huh but suddenly this staff who's been on the job for months was able to at, at least get a couple extra wrinkles in there so um any other points about the game or can i get into some more you know well the only thing i want to say is that art sikowski gets thrust yes. into like Let, like gets thrust it. into it and at one point i, I could be I could be a little bit off, but I think he was 11 of 12 he for was. 125 yards he was. and two touchdowns. That's basically the stats he wound up with, 12 of 15, 124, two touchdowns. Um, and then I also want – so that was amazing. Uh, Arter and, – and we've given Arter uh, a, 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 a hard time a little bit on the pod as yeah, time oh, Rutgers. Absolutely. By the way, do you think coaching matters there for what he was under the Ash regime at Rutgers and now – That's why I didn't want to count Art out. Like, I, don't, I didn't expect much from him in Illinois – but I didn't want to count them up because I, I, you can't throw all that on Art. For th- those were atrocious Rutgers right. offenses. Right. So because he's got a good arm, I yeah. wanted to at least give him a chance. So he did have two touchdown passes. Granted, one was just a little toss to Isaiah Williams around the end, but he had that touchdown pass to Luke Ford that was great. And by the way, great play call. He was wide open there. Luke looked great. He was yep. okay. I want to say this: the one thing I was hoping for the first play was a pass to Luke Ford, and that's exactly what we got. Well, it was complete. Uh, another shout out to Isaiah Williams. Um, did he have a huge stat line? No, six catches, forty-one yards, one touchdown. He had one carry, as well. But we saw the skills. They yeah. were, he, it, he showed. He showed. Okay, so I'm going to try to remember your brother's comment that he he, he cut, could he could he could cut on a dime and leave some change and leave some change. There you go, because he <laughs> juked one guy out of his jock. Oh man, that was fantastic. Um, and then uh, uh, Illinois wins the game. After the game, me well, hold and on. Before we get to that, okay, okay. we got to bring up Blake Hayes and his magical left foot. Thank you. Sorry. I am sorry. My tweet after the game was uh, that punting that was on display was a.k.a. borderline erotic. Yes. And I want to give a shout out to. Yeah. Sorry, let me pull this up. <laughs> that punting display 
in quotes, borderline erotic. Um, Colby at underscore Colby underscore Collins. His reply, tell me you do a big podcast without telling me you do a big podcast. <laughs> I mean, that is, that's priceless. <laughs> and speaking of priceless, I was on the 24-7 message boards last night after the game. U of I history 08, uh, this on 24-7 again. He said, hey guys, if the season ends today, we finish second in the Big Ten to Ohio State. <laughs> The memes and the stuff that were coming after that. I mean, game. that's th- those are the moments where you're like, God bless Twitter, freaking social media. Yeah, God bless it, social it, media. It brings you back in. And then the other uh, moment before we switch on to the other side was we ran down the the wow. concrete spiral, and and the team was coming out. Um, could I could I make a quick observation? Yeah, I don't think it had been often that those players were in that situation where the fans no. got to the area. And we're cheering because I no. saw fans come out of that tunnel and they were like, or the excuse me, the players come out of the tunnel and they're like, holy shit, the, there's it, fans here and they're excited for us. It was cool. We were all lined up on fans on both sides. They, they block off little areas so they can move from the stadium to the football facility outside the stadium. And the, the fans are running by and I was high. I high five Jake Hansen. And I high-fived Devin Witherspoon and a couple other players, I can't even remember who, and Beat ran right by me, Yep. and you got to kind yeah. of high-five them, not well, really. Well, yeah, uh, so the Carthaginian, you know, again, they, they, they're they old, old friends. Um, he was trying to get his attention, but it's so, it was so loud in there. It was deafening. And I was trying to get his attention, too, but he just got jacked up, and he started high-fiving people, and he missed the guy in front of me. And he caught my entire forearm with his big meat claw hand, and I had I had welts like like two finger beetle welts on, on my arm from beetle. The room was jacked up. And Josh point, Whitman, so. he was like the last one to go by, and everyone was screaming for him. He's the athletic director that obviously hired Beetle. So that was a great moment for yeah, me personally. That's why you're a fan, stuff yeah. like that, right? Speaking of fans. On the other side are some very disappointed and dejected Nebraska fans. Um, I hope this part of the podcast doesn't come off as us piling on at this point. Uh, What we're going to try to do as best as possible is literally just list it out. Just listing out the things that went wrong when you report on facts. I hope that doesn't sound like it's piling on, but... There's going to be so many of them that it might feel like we we are piling on. So we'll start out with a positive for for at the beginning here. Something that I felt like I, I try to talk about a lot on the Nebraska team pod and the team breakdown is that I had confidence in the Nebraska defense. Um, we just rewatched the game in the uh, DAC South and uh, on the on the Big Ten and sixty minutes deal. I, I felt like again watching it again. The Nebraska front seven, for most of the game, did a really good job against the run for most of the game. They wilted down late in the game, um, and they were getting to the quarterback as well. Like, that veteran attacking defense looked good for the most part. Yeah, I I was impressed by their run defense, especially. Illinois struggled to run the ball for most of the, the game. They did start running the ball a little better. I guess the thing, it seemed like Illinois was getting their, their their yards when they needed. Like, if they needed two yards, they could get three, right? True. That, that was happening towards the end of the game. We did see them get a little tired. But overall, I would th- I think run defense was impressive. I, I think it was pretty good. And 
getting to the quarterback. They got to the quarterback as well, yes. Um, I'd also like to point out that I thought Gabe Irvin looked good. He showed flashes at times. Well, so Gabe Irvin looks good. Marquis Stepp looks good. Pretty good. I thought Samari Torre looked really good. Oliver Martin had a great game. Yeah. Like, so there are there are some things to build on. Offensively, if we're going to get into it, they cannot block for their running backs to yeah, save their lives. Like there was a couple slippery plays by Gabe Irvin in the rushing attack. Again, concentrating on the running backs. Other than that, uh, and I've been saying this for probably my third year now, if you're relying on your quarterback to be a running back, something's wrong. And it's because that they cannot block straight up for their running backs very well. There's the offensive, offensive line, line problems yes. continued. And, and so I think they try when we did our uh, uh, placing or the, the predictions podcast. One of the things I mentioned was I still don't trust this offensive line. I think that showed in two areas, blocking for the running backs and pass pro. And it could just be an overall scheme thing with Scott Frost off. There's something going on there. But even looking at the rushing attack by Gabe Irvin, 12 carries, 33 yards. That's a 2.8-yard average. Ronald Johnson, 4 carries, 11 yards. That's a 2.8-yard average. Marquis Step, 3 carries, 10 yards. That's a 3.3-yard average. That's 19 carries out of your running backs, but 17 carries out of Adrian Martinez. Now, I guess in somewhat in Scott Frost's defense, though not hardly any of those were designed Adrian Martinez runs. There was a lot of him scrambling, but there were some designed runs as well. But not that many. Not whole, a ton. The but, whole point was by the second half, because my thought process is adjustments were made by what I believe is a good staff that Bilma has put together. They took out what Nebraska was trying to do. The only thing that was left after the adjustments were made was the pass play breaking down and Adrian Martinez running the ball. That's pretty much it. Yeah. That was their offense in the second half. So like, and by going, the way, give Illinois credit for coming out in the second half and have that long opening drive. Yeah. That, that was a game changer too. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, just quickly trying to go through this, but like, okay, Cam, it's, it's zero, zero Cam Taylor Britt has a very boneheaded play where he's back to return a punt. Shouldn't have returned it at all. He should have just let no. it go into the end zone and saw see what happens. Tries to slap it back out safety. You know, it could have been part of the Blake Hayes wizardry that that caused him to do that. I'm not even I don't know if you're being facetious right now, but I believe that's accurate because he's that punt that went out at the two yard line was right in front of us. Oh no, it went out the half yard half line. Half yard line. I mean it was the half yard line. And it, yeah, it if you see a punter do that Dead honestly, you probably think I have to re- like get this because he's going to drop this thing. Right. So it messed with his head. It did. I, I honestly believe. But and can we do a side note here, just real quick? Yeah. Blake Hayes, we were noticing how dedicated he is to his craft yes. during the game. Yes. He was every time out, every stoppage in play, he would come onto the field and analyze the wind and and go through his punting motion on where it would be on the field and how it because that wind is whipping around and changing. I am convinced. I don't care how crazy it is. The basketball stadium right there, that big dome, I think yeah, the wind maybe goes that's over it. that dome and it messes that it is insane. We By were way, looking at we were looking at flags on one end. I'm like, those flags are going this direction. Yes. On the other side of the stadium they're going the dang near opposite. And direction. then on another side there would be no wind. It's insane, man. I we, it But was, I guarantee you me and you were the only two people in that stadium watching Blake Hayes <laughs> at that moment. I think so. <laughs> and then we pointed it out to, to Doug, but okay. So, anyways, but okay. Cam Taylor Britt with with 
a, a, a boneheaded play. And I don't yeah. mean to call out people by name by that, but I mean, it was he's a six-year yeah. senior. By the way, last time I saw anything like that was Amir Smith-Marset in a bowl game, but he was a true freshman. Right. I'm just saying you can't have that out of your senior no, so captain. Next. So then, but with that being said, Nebraska responded after that. Yeah. Both defensively and offensively went down, scored a touchdown. It's it's six to two. Okay, we kicked the PAT. Missed the PAT. So we're now we're sitting at six and two. Okay. And, and the and the PATs, by the way, side note, they didn't decide the game, obviously, but they could have. Right. Because if they had made both of those, it would have been thirty twenty four. Nebraska would have had the ball at the end of the game with a chance to score a touchdown and win the game game as opposed to having to score a touchdown and score a two-point conversion. I mean, I'll try to go through these. So that was important. Continue. I'll try to go through these quickly. But then it's 6-2. Nebraska's driving again. Good play call. Overthrow by Martinez. He had several bad throws. There was a handful where he just missed the receiver. So that would have made it twelve to two or thirteen to two if they hit that play. They have to settle for a field goal. It's nine to two at this point. Then um, um, with six thirty-two to play, that's when the biggest play of the game happened in my mind. So it's nine to two at this point. Uh, one of the first or the first uh, passing attempt by Arthur Sitkowski is picked off by Cam Taylor Britt, but the interception is negated along with two penalties on top of it, roughing the passer, talking crap to the quarterback after you roughed him up. Interception gone 30 yards. That was huge. And I'm not going to say his name, but it was number two on, on the Nebraska defense. Absolutely horrible. Absolutely stupid play. Then um, um, it's nine. So now it's nine to nine. The game or the half is almost over. Just get out of the half. Nine to nine. Stupid plays, but it's still nine to nine. And even with these dumb plays we made. But they make one more awful play. Not a dumb play, just a bad play. Adrian Martinez fumble six that he gives up. And just like that, it's 16 to nine at half. And, and I was feeling great as an Illini fan at that point. But in all in all honesty, you could have felt somewhat encouraged as a Nebraska fan because you had sure. boneheaded horrible plays, and it was still nine yeah, to nine. If but, be- but here, okay, but do you know what I mean? Yes, but you've you've been making boneheaded plays, and yeah, you're continuing too. to make boneheaded plays. So, how much confidence do you have that it's just going to suddenly change in the second half? That's a good point. After the half. This is a big tone setter too. The Nebraska defense—that's the worst they looked pretty much the whole day. In my mind, they gave up a huge 15 play. I'm going to guess, but it was an eight-minute drive to get the score to 23 to nine. That was just that was enormous. enormous, and that's what I'm game. talking about. Give credit Illinois to Illinois for that offensive series. And then I think there is a bit of a letdown because then Nebraska defense gives up that huge pass play down to the one-yard line to a converted quarterback that was just a quarterback like not that long ago. And just like that, they score a touchdown on the next play. It's 30-9 to at that point. And all of a sudden, every Illini fan in that stadium is looking around. They're like, I know what the collective feeling is like. We should win this game, but oh god, I'm so scared that we're going to lose this I was, game. I had all those feelings, but I also had, oh my gosh, are we going to blow them out? Is that what's going to happen? That here? was a, that was them. Um, the huge touchdown run by Adrian Martinez, one cut overplay, gone. That's yeah. what Adrian Martinez does. Now it's 13, 30 to sixteen. Nebraska's defense steps up, gets a big stop. Okay, no, then Nebraska's offense gets the ball back. They get a 
first down or two, I think, and then a beautifully set up play that Adrian Martinez hits his receiver. Uh, I think it was Torre in stride. They're getting, they're marching right down the field. I mean, at this point, they can make it 30 to 23. There's still a ton of time left in this game. That play is negated by a penalty. Yeah. Uh, again, it, it it's oh, the, the, just the devil's in the details with these mistakes. It's not just that they're happening. It's when they're, they're momentum happening. killers is what they are. Every time. I mean, in all honesty, you sit there. Obviously, Scott Frost, I hope, is smart enough to be coaching to coaching his players about how these things are killing them. But how does it keep happening? Like, well, that's what I'm saying is as, as you're, if you're a Nebraska fan, you've been watching this for a few years now. You can't expect it just to flip instantly. Right. You were hoping it looked better from the start of this game, which the is start what of this season, which is what I thought. Um, I might touch on that in just a little bit here, but then, then Nebraska um, gets the ball back again. So it's still 30 to 16 they start that drive deep in the 20-yard line, I think, or whatever, with 9.20 on the clock. They basically have a middle-of-the-second-quarter methodical drive. I mean, so they, they – Yeah, st- and you can get, you can put some of that on the players and the coaches, but it, it you have to give the Illinois defense credit for just not, not giving up big plays it, there. It was a bend-but-don't-break. Yeah. So absolutely not trying to take any – but, like – it's the overall tenor of that drive where, like, they it just it did not seem like they were. In a didn't hurry. seem there was a whole lot of urgency there. Um, and then maybe they get down the field a little bit quicker, and then, uh oh, high snap by Cam Jurgens, and that was another momentum killer because they were moving the ball, and then suddenly they're backed up another ten yards. I mean, at that point, I, I, Nebraska fans watching that, I mean, we had four of them sit in front of us. They're just, I mean, oh, at yeah, this they point, were you're distraught. Like, you're literally like, it's like you could have played. Nebraska meltdown bingo with with Cam Jurgens high snap being the centerpiece and I, I mean it's insane and as a Nebraska fan you you're just waiting for that that Cam Jurgens like oh no is it gonna happen now oh no and boom it always seems to happen at the worst of times and then another two more goofy things right so Nebraska winds up scoring that touchdown in that drive with 241 left on fourth and five. So they basically burned seven minutes off the clock almost? Just short of seven minutes off the clock. Like, that was the – like, I turned to you and I said, that was the best seven-minute drive for a touchdown by an opposing team for Illinois. For Illinois, in yeah. In their history. But, again, I, I give credit to Illinois for, for just having absolutely. a bad but don't break defense no, in there. Another weird thing that happened. On first and goal. This is weird. They ran a quarterback sneak. I am convinced – they thought it was fourth and it one. It sure looked like they thought it was or third fourth and one. Or third and short. Correct. Third, third something one something one, in one. Remember. Yeah, is what they they thought it, it, it must was first have been. and goal from the five. But it six. was first and goal. And they, you, you so want they, to talk about more dysfunction. That's that's throwing away they threw away a play. Possession that took more time off the clock. That took more that's a good point. Then they scored a touchdown fourth and five and missed the PAT. So Again. now at this point you're like, they've got to kick it deep, get a stop. And then go all the way down, score a touchdown, and a two-point conversion to tie it. Right. If one or two of the two-point conversions is made, it's a touchdown in PAT to tie it. Yeah. If both of them are made, it's a touchdown Touch. in PAT to, to win, win it. it. Yeah. All of these things have now added up. But as it turns out, Illinois did a decent job. I think they got one first down. They punted. They couldn't. Nebraska couldn't get the ball down the field. Game but that, over. that changes your psyche too, though. Like Absolutely. You, with all these crazy things happening. Oh, now we got to get a touchdown and a two-point conversion. We're the it just it. It's again momentum killers. Then, it, we we've had a lot of boneheaded plays, a lot of 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 just quote unquote right 
bad football during the game? How about more bad stuff after the game? I'm sorry, but this is tying into all of this. This yeah. stuff that I'm going over here plays into the stuff we just hit in between the lines, mm-hmm. okay? Number five, okay, your captain. On film, screaming and getting into a fight with Illini players after the game. Yeah. Look. Shut your mouth yeah. and get into the locker room. Yeah. You lost the game. Yeah. You're an idiot. You're a leader. Younger dudes are are looking up to you for direction. That's going to hurt his draft status. And but guess what? He made a boneheaded play. That it, if in anything, the game. if anything, I would just shut the hell up. I, wh- who am I? Why would I be talking to them at that point? What do I have to talk about? Cam Jurgens dr- swearing. I, I okay. Now you might roll your eyes. These things all add up to me. Okay. Where did he swear? I didn't know this. We just got to get our shit in gear and stuff like that. You're not a dude doing a podcast. You're. you're so like, this was after the game. After the game. Okay. The I, did, I didn't hear that. Okay. I think he's. I think he dropped an S bomb twice. Okay. Okay. And and it it didn't sound. It sounded out of frustration. So again, that's a sure. team leader. I don't think. And then Scott Frost, first of all, doing his presser with a dip so big that you could see it from the International Space Station. You know, it's okay if you're doing things like that when you're winning, but when you're losing, he you know, he's wearing the baseball cap, he's got a dip in his mouth, doesn't look very professional. I I guess I just want my coach to look more professional and do more pro- professional things. Again, wouldn't matter if they were winning these games. Another thing that you would expect, um, he listed off the plays, many of them that I just listed here. Okay, I I just want to say, whatever we say here, we're not as bad as whoever that guy was on ESPNU or whatever radio, because that guy was scorching Scott Frost for for Scott Frost's comments after the game. And Scott Frost essentially said, you know, can't have – a guy, you know, turning the ball over. We can't have a guy doing the play at the goal line. Like, he he was and, calling out his players. Yeah. And like what that guy said on the radio, he goes, what I would want to hear from my coach is, I'm the head coach. That's my fault. I, but. And this is a problem I've had with Scott Frost since he came to Nebraska. I don't know if he was doing it before Nebraska. But he has a tendency to throw his players under the bus, which is. It's not a good It's look. like a quasi throws players under the bus, but it's very much a, it's not my fault. That's what I hear all the time. Yeah, and if you're that player, I don't think that helps you. No. You know, hearing hearing him say that about you to the national media. And then he kept saying, I've seen this movie before. I told these guys I've yeah. seen the movie before. We can't keep replaying this movie. Hey, Scott, you're the director yeah. of that movie. This ain't the good George Lucas stuff that passed it on to better directors for the Star Wars. This is George Lucas actually trying to direct the bad Star Wars movies for the prequels. Right. This is the bad stuff. It's on you. Yeah, it is. Um, I I got intoxicated by Nebraska <laughs> fans the, the last week or two. I'm like, you know what? Scott Frost and his staff have preached no turnover so much during the offseason. Like, they pretty much brought it up. Any chance they they could. Adrian Martinez, Scott Frost, other players. I'm like, my thought process was they're they're going to not do that this game. They're going to not make it's time juxtaposed to the uh, the brand new Illini staff, you know, players getting used to schemes. Like that's what played into my prediction for Nebraska to win the game at almost the exact the exact same 
uh, uh, score flipped. Yeah, that Illinois won the game. Correct. Okay, went under though. That's good. Um, so, but like, we when we were just rewatching the game, like when when uh, Archer Sitkowski, okay, when he went down on and he threw that pick, but it got called back, right? Players, Illini players, ran over to Arthur Sikowski to pick him up and defend him from the guy talking crap, okay? The play gets called back. That whole team responded yeah, at that moment. Beetle, Brett Bielma pointed that out. It was one of the first things he pointed out in the presser after the game. Yeah. He says, when you see that type of stuff, that's when you know you've got a team that's playing together. Dude, Beetle got more of that to happen in the first game in the Big Ten West in eight years since he's been here, whatever it's yep. been, that Scott Frost has gotten done in three years in one game. It's true. And let's remind everyone it's just one game. I'm I'm up I'm flying high right now, but that could turn around next week. Nebraska could turn around next week and start looking better. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. It is a very hard lesson to learn for any fan. It is one game. The positives that we point out are real. I still believe in Nebraska's front seven against the rush and getting to the quarterback. The back seven against the pass has got to get some stuff figured out, okay? Um, and then Samari Torre is good. I don't know if he's NFL level or – I was impressed by him. He looked good. Yeah. And so did and so did um, Oliver Martin. They Oliver looked Martin good. looked good. I, they here's what this team is not going to win a lot of games unless they can block for those running backs. That I don't know what's going wrong there, but it's not happening. And you can't just I, I would rely say, on Martinez. I don't Martinez. know if they're going to win many games if they block for the running back. Definitely number one, but pass pro as well. Because right now, what it seems to me, I mean, we had an amazing vantage point for where we were at in the northeast. Those actually of the were good seats. I, I, I liked those them. Seats. Um, and what I saw a lot of times was. It's, it's a combination. It's either one or two things or it's a combination of it. Scott Frost has got a nice play set up, but it doesn't get enough time to develop because of that offensive line yeah. having issues in pass That's pro. part of it, yeah. Or the receivers just are solid, but they're not good enough to just get separation. It's probably it's, Those was, things are a combination of the two. i got to say, I've been down on the Illini defensive backs. They played very well, especially as the game went on. They, they were not letting the receivers get separation later in the game. And I think a lot of that comes down to adjustments. And I'm going to say one thing. The, the major adjustments that were made were on the they, Illinois side. They were. Things. They were, absolutely. They, they were the better coach team. Yesterday. All right. Anything else? No, sir. All right. I'm Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. It's been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.